Welcome back, everybody, to Mormon Talk. It's interesting, Dave, when I started off with Welcome Back, I saw a certain podcast slash YouTube channel in my mind where the host says that every single time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've heard it. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Carter. Back, Remember the show Welcome Back, oh, Carter? I, I do. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I do, man. Epstein. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pretty man. funny stuff. And uh, what was the name of the guy who's, ooh, 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 Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. It was, uh, what was his name? Oh, Travolta was in there. Yeah, that was John Travolta's debut, wasn't it? I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> really aging ourselves now. Uh. Um, so today's episode, everybody, kicking against the pricks, uh, and David being the scriptorian that he is, may be able to remind us. Now, is that from the Doctrine and Covenants? Or, or no, that let me. Biblical? I've got a. I've got. I'll give you the reference, and then uh, a, a personal side uh, yeah. where that was used in my life. It's about Paul. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's biblical. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. It's a reference to, you know, thou hast kicked against the pricks, uh, which meant obviously, you, you know, you're, you're fighting against the truth. And, and so it, it's a reference to uh, a cattle prod. Oh, okay. Cat, or, or something like that from ancient times where the, is the more the, the cow or sheep or whatever the hell it was, kicked against it the more it hurt itself uh, so you're kicking against the truth and you're just hurting yourself and so when dad uh, gave me one of my priesthood blessings he said among other things to me in that reference thou hast kicked against the pricks yeah yeah because i smoked pot yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever Whatever, so, right? Okay. I for some reason I had an image in my mind of like a thorn bush or something, and you were kicking against it. But what you just described makes a lot more sense, actually. Um, <laughs> anyway, what are the pricks we're talking the same, about? It's the same idea. Well, there's another. There's there's probably a few, but I know there's at least one other definition for the word pricks in in American uh, slang. Anyway, uh, you, if you're a prick, it's another word for for dick or penis <laughs> uh so you're why kicking against the pricks well uh we david and i are kicking against these assholes uh being the leaders of the church in this episode and we're doing that by bringing up some interesting quotes that they've said in past years to show that they really were kind of pricks <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we jump into that, though, everybody knows the drill. It's time for LDS Church in the in news. The news. So, yes. So, this time again from the Salt Lake Tribune, who historically has dared to publish church-related articles that that could be interpreted as not necessarily supportive of, supportive of the church. Uh, unlike another publication in the Valley that's owned by the church. I don't think the Tribune is... Watch watch them actually be owned by the church now. I don't think they are. I doubt I, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, pro- hopefully not. 
Uh, so fear, pain, and growth. LGBTQ members of the LDS Church learn to embrace both faith and sexual orientation is the name of the article. Um, well, I don't see how in any way an LGBTQ member of the church could embrace both the faith in all of its aspects and their sexual orientation. It's just, uh, it's kind of like a black person embracing the KKK. It's mutually exclusive. Essentially. Yes, it is mutually exclusive. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's the title. Uh, it starts off, it's got a picture of Charlie bird who's kind of got a little notoriety recently. He's uh, uh, one of the former BYU mascots, uh, Cosmo the Cougar. So he would dress up as Cosmo and, you know, run around and excite people during the games and stuff and be the mascot. Uh, so he's come out and he started talking about this topic because turns out he's gay. And so it's ironic in his case because he was literally behind a mask, right, uh, as the mascot. Um so uh, scrolling through the article here, uh, Bird shared his story with a packed room as a keynote speaker at the Affirmation International Conference. Um, he says, I always felt torn inside. Both parts of me were so integral. I had accepted I would live alone the rest of my life, that I would never find love, and that's the way it had to be. The gospel was that important to me. Well, yeah, gosh, that's healthy. <laughs> Think about that. The the this thing called the gospel, which is supposed to be the good news of the Lord, right? That's so important to me that I'll just accept the fact that I'll I'm going to be alone and never find love in my life. Cuz that works. <laughs> And, and I'm going to go to church to be reminded of that <laughs> as often as possible. But then here we go. Because I could not accept who I really was and I hid behind that, I feel like I have been swimming up a fire hose for 40 years and I can't do it anymore. I have to let go. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. You can't live wow. that. Yeah, years. this is a different quote from a different person in the article. Um Megan Ricks, mm. another person they bring up, she's a BYU graduate who teaches at the school. She is lesbian. Um, she said she never imagined she could keep her faith and sexual orientation, both of which she sees as dear. Well, you're right. You can't. <laughs> so I don't understand that. I really, I really, well, okay, let's be serious. I understand the desire to keep both. I understand if you're raised in the church, especially that you would grow to love this organization, that you would grow to love the beliefs that it teaches you minus the real history. Uh, uh, I, yeah. Right. And I would say, I would stop at beliefs. I don't think it's, it's the doctrine that they're in love with. They're in love with the, again, the social aspects of the church, their family goes, their friends, their neighbors go, they're used mm -hmm. to it. Hey, it's just, that's a big factor. That's what I do. I get yeah. up. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I do think, you know, this is kind of digressing a little bit. There are, my wife and I have said this a few times to each other, you know, if the story that the LDS church gave you was really true, 
I'm not talking about the true history that we've discovered, but <laughs> the story, right? The story part. Uh, families can be together forever. There's this afterlife. You know, you came, but your child, blah, 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 you know, all the fuzzy stuff. If all that was true, it would be a pretty beautiful idea, you know? And I think people like that idea. Unfortunately, it's not true. And it's it's all a made-up pile of bullshit. Um, but, but people, I can imagine them trying to hold on to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. That's enough on LDS Church in the News. Any final thoughts on the piece, Dave? I just think the... I mean, if you look at the comments on the Salt Lake Tribune page, you'll see mostly... Uh, Comments from people who are like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, you. you this is stu- this is stupid, right? So, anyway, all yeah. right. Let's kick against the pricks. Uh, we found this interesting site, and I'm going to put a link against uh, a link against it. <laughs> a link, a link uh, for the site. It's called Book of Mormonisms. Did they really say that? Is the name of it, which is hilarious. Uh, so I'll, I'll put a link for this on the web page uh, next to this episode that you guys could go find. Or you could just type that in. I'm sure you'd find it in Google. And so we're just taking the first page here. There's a lot of quotes and scrolling through here. So these are quotes from LDS apostles and prophets over the years that kind of show not only were they just like, completely out of their minds, they kind of were pricks. So we're kicking against those pricks. Uh, Dave, did you have one you wanted to share snippets of to jump off? Or I, I can start either way. What We got one here from Boyd K. Packer. And I guess I will bring it up because I can remember the talk. And you said you could too. The date is the priesthood session of conference October 2nd, 1976. And the fact that I can vividly remember that talk so many years later is troubling itself. The man is trying to explain to young men in the priesthood, you know, the ironic priesthood age, uh, 12 to 18, about uh, the evils of masturbation. Mm. But but he he's doing it in a way he's trying to be as careful as he can, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's not helpful. I can't see anything about the way he's worded this. It's actually, it's actually going to produce the one thing he says uh, that he's trying not to produce. Let's see. You can quickly be subjected to a habit one that is not worthy, one that will leave you feeling depressed and feeling guilty. Uh, no, you won't, <laughs> unless you're being told right. that doing it is wrong, and you'll be, have immediate feelings of guilt when you do right. masturbate. Right. So, no, you won't naturally have those feelings. That's that's a really good point just to start off on this one, right? He, he starts off with a false presumption. Um, you're going to feel guilty inherently, naturally, like no other influences, you know, all other influences aside, if you're just in the natural environment and you do this because your body's changing, you know, it wants a release, um, you're going to just have natural feelings of guilt. Well, guys, guilt is not natural. 
for something like that. Uh, and good point. Anyway, go ahead. You know, it's not natural, actually, uh, that kind of guilt. No. Where now it's not only, you know, uh, I, I know I did something wrong. Now God knows I did something wrong mm. because this God, mm. again, sees all, knows all. And so he's well aware of my tampering with the factory, as Packer calls it, <laughs> a factory. A little factory. Oh, yep. Jesus. <laughs> help, help me. And my point again was, can you imagine that talk being given uh, cur- currently? No, no. And I'll tell you what, uh, this talk for some years became kind of a standard for priesthood. Yeah. And so I, I was shown this talk on videotape probably half a dozen times during my younger years in the church, going through the priesthood program, they would show this talk as a, as part of a lesson or something. Right. And so it kept coming back and what it did do is, is create those feelings of guilt and those feelings of unworthiness. And, Oh, I, if I would just do what boy K Packer said, I could be righteous and I could not feel guilty. And, and uh, basically, he was just a prick who didn't understand yeah. nature, if he really believes what he was saying here, uh, who must have felt guilty himself growing up, because I guarantee you it happened at least once in his life. Uh, he, was also, he also happened to be one of the premier homophobes of the brethren. Uh, that's kind of a side topic, but anyway, um, yeah. Interesting one. Uh, there's, <laughs> oh man, there's so many in here that are good. Um, so uh, here's one from Spencer Kimball because he obviously understands how you become a homosexual, right? You're not you're not born with same sex attraction. Uh, you become a homosexual. See, he's talking about masturbation as well. It, it's actually a, a, a topic of much fixation by the brethren earlier in the church. In the yeah, where where does all this knowledge of it come yeah, from? Yeah, right. And the fixation. <laughs> why are they so focused on masturbation? Could they be projecting a little bit exactly. <laughs> in their talks? Yeah. So here's Spencer in uh, 1875. What is more, it too, it being masturbation, it too often leads to grievous sin, even to that sin against nature, homosexuality. For done in private, it evolves often into mutual masturbation, practiced with another person of the same sex, and thence into total homosexuality. Ta-da! That's how you become homosexual. So you're you're gaining again that release, yeah, uh, through the practice that is natural. Uh, it's just it's just the way your body's created. Yeah. So why all of a sudden do you it, it evolves into mutual masturbation? So all of a sudden <laughs> you have a need to go do it with another guy or a girl. To be fair, well, uh, I think he's talking a sudden, about a guy in this case. Yep. Yeah. Well, again, gender bias, whatever. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, I can't, I, I'll just go on record, Dave. I don't know uh, where you come from on this front. I Well, I say that rhetorically. I'm, I know exactly <laughs> where you come from. But, but uh, 
I don't I don't know about anybody else, but I don't think I ever I don't think I never had the desire to uh go masturbate with another guy. That's that no. that's completely different mindset. Uh uh I was I was born straight and I I never had the inkling uh, of doing something. And so for Kimball to draw that conclusion is uh I don't know. I I guess he's just guessing how how people become in his world. And then he, yeah. He calls it a sin against nature. Well, the homosexuality uh, part he calls yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A sin against nature. So Yeah, I, but I uh, let's just move on. I've yeah. that shit irritating. <laughs> Pricks. Pricks. How about a Brigham Young one, Dave? Uh he's about the worst that I can imagine, actually. Um he was a major prick. Uh I think he was the worst. I think he was actually, the worst yeah. prick. Yeah. Do you want to throw one out by him? There's a few in here. Okay. Well, I'll just read this next one. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I hope I'm not tainted by even reading it. What is the cause of all this waste of life and treasure? To tell it in a plain, truthful way, one portion of the country wished to raise their Negroes or black slaves, and the other portion wished them free, oh. and apparently to almost worship them. Well, raise and worship them. Who cares? <laughs> I should never fight <laughs> One moment about it. For the cause of the human improvement is not in the least advanced by the dreadful war, which now convulses our unhappy country. Uh, the Civil War had n yeah. very little to do with slavery, but yeah. he wouldn't know that. No. Ham, here we go. Ham will continue to be the servant of servants as the Lord has decreed until the curse is removed. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Is that enough or what? Yeah. Will the present struggle free the slave no but they are now wasting away the black race by thousands so he predicted that slavery would not end which i think he got that wrong um <laughs> many of the blacks are treated worse than we treat our dumb brutes and men will be called to judgment for the way they have treated the negro oh they will receive the condemnation of a guilty conscience he says treat the slaves kindly and let them live for Ham must be the servant of servants until the curse is removed. <laughs> Come on, be nice to your slaves. Thank you, Brigham. Oh, so nice. Um, yeah. Uh, here's the best part, the ending. Our Christian brethren think they are going to overthrow the sentence of the Almighty upon the seed of Ham. They cannot do that, though they may kill them by thousands and tens of thousands. Hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff, Brigham. <laughs> um, he's also the one who said, if you marry, if, if there's an interracial marriage between a black and a white uh, spouse, uh, their children are better off just to be drowned. Um, so, you know, good old Brigham. Yeah. The prick of the West. It's kind of like back in that, back in the day with... If your cat had an unexpected litter of cats, just throw them in a gunny sack and pop them up against the barn door. Just get rid of them. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. That's the image that came oh, to yeah, mind. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Here he is again. The Puritans supposed they were sent of God. 
and hated the Quakers and persecuted them even unto death. Did the Lord notice that conduct in any signal matter? No. But be, suppose the Quakers had been the saints of the Lord, that he had said to them, to William Penn and others, you are my authorized agents to build up the kingdom on the earth. Would the Lord have held the Puritans guiltless for the persecution of his chosen people? He would not. But would in a signal, that's, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's whatever, a signal manner, have called their persecutors to an account. Now here's the fun part. But the Puritans were not sent of the Lord, neither were the Quakers. That's right. That's our job. That's right. Yeah. The Mormons. It's all the Mormons. All other churches are an abomination in his sight. Yeah. Thank you, Joseph. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adam was the son of God, says Marion G. Romney. He was our elder brother, not older than Jesus, but he was our brother in the same sense that Jesus was our brother, because none of that is confusing. <laughs> and he <laughs> fell to earth life. He did not come through an unbroken line of organic evolution. There had to be a fall. Yeah, we've heard about that. They had very strong words against evolution uh, as early as the 1920s, I recall, um, as far as coming out officially with a statement. Uh, against the theory of evolution. Um, We know that all truth does emanate from God and is therefore unchangeable, says uh, Elder Delbert L. Stapley in 1977. It's an unchangeable, consistent, and unified because truth never changes, even the truth about things as holy as the temple ceremony. I'm injecting (laughs) there, sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, consequently, not all Christian churches with their dissimilar teachings can provide a fullness of truth. My intent is to assert with testimony and persuasion of Scripture the reasons there can be only one Lord, one acceptable faith, one baptism, one true church. If any of you are convinced you are mistaken in your present beliefs, you should have the courage to investigate and the faith to change and follow the the true path Christ outlined that assures one's eternal happiness. That whole Mm -hmm. concept of unchangeability is something David and I are going to hit in a future episode. Um, Preached heavily in the early church, starting with Joseph Smith. Um, And guys, nothing could be further from the truth. The church (laughs) has changed like crazy. Um, from the very beginning, yeah, by the way. from the very beginning, wow. even even the core belief of the nature of the Trinity changed several times during the early church. Um, anyway, what else jumps out well, at you, Dave? Let's go to Heber. Heber's uh, the evolution of the the so-called position of the church. I mean, toward the end, before he was murdered, Joseph was set apart as king of the earth oh right okay and so this carried on with brigham heber c kimball and wilford woodruff and others and you can see it in their language even several several years Mm. afterwards so he says here in great salt lake city is a seat of government for the church and kingdom of god pertaining to every person that has ever come into a probation on this earth, whether they are now in tabernacles upon this earth, that means bodies, or whether they are in the spirit world or in hell. 
This is the place of deposit of all those keys pertaining to the salvation of the human family, and there never will one soul of those spirits now in prison come out of that place except the keys of the kingdom of God that are now held in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, open the door and let them out. They may peep and mutter. <laughs> <laughs> they may... <laughs> They may have revelations until doomsday and may declare to all eternity that Joseph Smith is a false prophet and that Brother Brigham is a false prophet and that this church is false and they will still remain in hell until we let them out. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Brigham holds those keys. Yeah, that's good. You know, that reminds <laughs> me of is a, a, a more current, more modern talk by uh, our favorite uh, Jeffrey in quotes, Jowls. Holland. I call him the Jowl Monster. Um, <laughs> sorry, a little little uh, abusive in my <laughs> nicknames. Um, that talk where he said, where he was quoting, uh, holding up the Book of Mormon that he said was the same one that somebody had back in the day, which was actually a lie. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't that same book. But uh, telling people they'd have to crawl under or over or around the Book of Mormon, you know, the, the, the Book of Mormon was going to stand. Right. He was actually quite a little angry in that talk uh, about people. No, he, no, it was yeah. his face. He looked pissed yeah, off. Yeah, he was pissed. Holland gets he's, pissed. Um, yeah. He's kind of a prick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you so everybody listening to this show, if you say Joseph Smith is a false prophet or that Brigham was a false prophet or the church is false, you're just going to remain in hell until you're let out. So just letting you know. Um, yeah, thanks, Brigham. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. now this next one. Oh, this one's great. This, this may be the most, I don't know, damning thing the man ever uttered there and there's several uh other <laughs> statements made by him coming from the same place we've talked before about the mountain meadow massacre um here we go i've known a great many men who have left this church for whom there is no chance whatever for exaltation but if their blood had been spilled it would have been better for them the wickedness and ignorance of the nations forbid this principle being in full force. So because we're not allowing murder yeah. based on our judgment of what a person is or isn't or should be doing or isn't, shouldn't be doing. Uh, yeah, that's wickedness. It's, it's yeah, that's, Okay. Yeah. But the time will come when the law of God will be in full force. This is loving our neighbor as ourselves. Oh, this is beautiful right here. It, if he needs help, help him. And if he wants salvation, and it is necessary to spill his blood on the earth in order that he may be saved, spill it. <laughs> there you go. God's prophet telling you it's okay to kill people. Yeah, you know, if... Uh... <laughs> God. You're doing him a favor. So, guys, you've left the church. There's no chance for exaltation by the way, if you leave the church, according to Brigham. But if, if we spill your blood, you know, it's, it's possibly 
can help, you know. Um, blood atonement was a big teaching of Brigham. Uh, there's some sins yeah. that aren't covered by Jesus, and those you got to spill your blood. So, yeah. So it's twisted as it sounds. Uh, all those in the Mountain Meadow Massacre were victims of that kind of doctrine, along with dozens and dozens before that event yes. ever occurred. Yes. Uh, apostasy, again, was the, the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah and uh, Brigham regularly performed what I call the doctrine of Uriah, which is he sent people to the front lines to be killed, basically. Not necessarily in a war. Uh, but like if you disagreed with Brigham, it wasn't uncommon for him to send you, you being the man usually, off to uh, some Native American territory that was violent toward white people in the hopes that you would just be killed by, by the Native Americans. Um, and he would usually take your wife and kids, you know, because, you know, so especially if she was hot. <laughs> Yeah, that, that makes a difference. Okay, how about Ezra Taft Benson? Oh, yeah. So we're talking about apostates. Not only are there apostates within our midst, ooh, but there are also apostate doctrines that are sometimes taught in our classes mm. and from our pulpits, and that appear in our publications. Heaven forbid. Oh, no. And these apostate precepts of men cause our people to stumble. Well, Ezra, well, give, us, yeah, give us an example, Ezra. What's a teaching that's apostate? I think he does. Go ahead. The world teaches birth control. <laughs> what? Tragically, many of our sisters subscribe to its pills and practices when they could easily provide earthly tabernacles for more of our father's children. We know that every spirit assigned to this earth will come, whether through us or someone else. There are couples in the church who think they're getting along just fine with their limited families, but who will someday suffer the pains of remorse when they meet the spirits that might have been part of their posterity. Oh my God. Are you serious? Well, the first commandment given to man was to multiply and replenish the earth with children. That commandment has never been altered, modified, or canceled. The Lord did not say to multiply and replenish the earth if it's convenient or if you're wealthy or after you've gotten your schooling or when there's peace on earth. Yeah, so, uh, or until you've had four children and that's enough. Yeah, now he puts, he puts a number yeah, on it. you got to have more than four. So don't be logical. Yeah. Don't look at your limitations of income, your, your circumstances, your potential for income in the future. The timing, don't consider any of that. Yeah. Just pump them out. I remember good old Russell M. Nelson, and this was uh, in the early 90s, it seemed like. And we could look it up, where he gave a talk like this. And he says, I've often asked, how many children should we have? And he pauses for emphasis, I guess. All that you can. You know, that's... that. Uh, what an ass. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, that was general conference. Yeah. Right off general and conference. And so somehow having a house full of rugrats running around unfed, undisciplined because your resources are li limited. And that may or may not be the case, but that's pretty prevalent when they're, they're just, hey, you've got 
mommy's at home mm. barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen yep. and how much can she do by herself that's better than having to face those spirits in some future existence and say oh shit sorry <laughs> whatever uh, yeah. it's what? just Guilt. uh yeah Guilt. yeah think how guilty the asian lds members feel um when it's you know pretty consistent to have two kids there um yeah cost yeah i just wow yep uh <laughs> oh this hit that next rodney one. turner rodney yeah Tur woman oh in the God. priesthood love has its own instinct says rodney turner not even a puppy has to be taught how to express it wives who feel that they must learn certain techniques in quotes before they can effectively relate to their husbands apparently do not realize how close to the spirit of harlotry they have moved oh my goodness uh don't be a harlot with your husband Famous courtesans were skilled in the nuances of sexual love, yet they knew little or nothing of love itself. <laughs> a wife who must be instructed in the proper technique for speaking, responding, reacting, or otherwise relating to her husband is a pathetic caricature of a woman in love. If her husband it's is beguiled by such behavior, he is either very naive, very self-centered, or very stupid. Probably all three. Probably <laughs> <laughs> all three, dumbass. Why are you asking for a blowjob from your wife? What the hell's the matter with well, you? If you it, That's, she's a hard look, now. Look, Thanks, if man. If you do ask for that, uh, then your wife better submit, according to Spencer W. Kimball. Uh... <laughs> A woman would have no fears of being imposed upon, nor of any dictatorial measures, nor of any improper demands if the husband is self-sacrificing and worthy. Certainly no sane woman would hesitate to give submission to her own really righteous husband in everything. We're sometimes shocked to see the wife take over the leadership, naming the one to pray, the place to be, the things to do in the relationship. <laughs> Yeah, that's shocking when the woman does that. How dare she? Oh, <laughs> wow. I, you know, oh, so, but thank, thank goodness the church has evolved. And hey, like good old Gordon B. Hinckley said, that's, that's all in the past. Don't bring that's that a up. Blip. Those are really, really painful issues. Yeah. So let's just not bring them up. We've changed and, and we're progressing. And uh never mind. I, I was gonna throw something else out there, but <laughs> no. <laughs> uh look, doubt your doubts, according to uh Uchtdorf, right? Um don't don't doubt doubt your doubts. Cause you know, if you have doubts about a teaching, there's no reason for that other than you know, weakness. So, uh, anyway, guys, it well, goes on and, and on. What the insinuation is, think about that. We brought that up before that quote. Uh, I think the insinuation is what's the source of that original doubt? That can't be from, you know, God or a heavenly origin. That doubt that you first had, it, it essentially satanic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so I hear the voice of church lady all of a sudden. Well, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> I can't do that voice very well. But anyway, yeah. And then talk about confusion. How many of these and other quotes like it actually just leave members confused? What the hell did he really say? Yeah. 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 Uh, Look, David O. McKay helps us understand that things got a little better in time, right? So rather than the terrible quotes from Brigham on things like Negroes, uh, uh, Black people, uh, David O. McKay said, you know, although I do not care much for a Negro, still, I have a warm spot in my heart for those beautiful singers. See? See? So, you know, things got a little better in time. Uh, He admitted some some of the best voices are Black people's voices. You know, you don't have to care much for them as a a person, but, um, you know. Uh, (laughs) yeah things things got great over time the rest of the text is missing mine goes now immediately to comments which are just as interesting actually some of the comments of responses 46 responses but uh i don't know what our time is Uh, this is endless it Um, is we're at 38 minutes and uh you know, yeah. we could start wrapping up at this point. Um, the point being, uh, kicking against the pricks takes a new a new meaning in these modern days. <laughs> uh, and uh, these guys are pricks, and it, it would be good to kick against that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, you, you know, in the in the members of the church that look at you and me and thousands of others as apostates mm. uh think of that that word you know and then just automatically put us into these categories and make assumptions and judgments about who we are what we think why we're where we're at and what will be our final you know outcome of hell it, essentially some form of hell for forever <laughs> And, and they're taught that. So you can't, you know, it's like, well, that's what the brethren said, you know. In other words, back to the, the old statement, you can leave the church, but you can't leave it alone. Mm. And I would say every week before we do a podcast, I go through the thoughts about why are we doing these podcasts? Yeah. And, and am I fulfilling that prophecy that I just can't leave it alone? Well, no, because I did for about 10 years. Yeah, that's right. And... Uh, I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but we're hopefully doing some good in helping to put an end to something that's caused and is still causing a lot of pain and suffering and, and misinformation on the planet. I agree. And and it, it, to say they can leave the church and not leave it alone, again, we've talked about that a little bit in the past, and, and I, I think some things are worth repeating. Uh, that's a statement that shows about as much understanding of psychology as Boyd K. Packer's statement on the little factory <laughs> with masturbation and that it's not natural, right? Uh, 
Oh, yeah. by the way, when he used the word little, was he talking about his own I factory? I think he or? was. I think, again, the whole talk was projecting, right? He, he had, oh, yeah. he was, uh, it, he was huh? a habitual masturbationist and, uh, and guilty uh, about it. So he yeah. had to talk about it. That's how he knew. But, um, yeah. you know, I, and that, why do I say they don't understand psychology? Again, we've brought this up a little bit before. You don't, especially if you've been in something for any decent length of time, right? Several years, longer, decades, whatever. You don't just leave that. Uh, a religion is not your favorite soda, right? You don't just leave it behind um, and, and it's just something you can drop overnight. Uh, it's, if you're really a dedicated person, this is something you've, you've really, quote unquote, converted to, which means every sense, right? You're, the way you think about things, the way you feel about the, your hopes, your dreams, this is your world paradigm, and you, something like that isn't just left behind and dropped on the floor. You have to work through that. And then several people, many people out there now, including David and I, we come to the, the point in our lives where we're like, no, I'm not going to, leaving it, okay, I think I'm finally getting to that point, psychologically speaking, where I can have that healthy divorce of this paradigm in this belief system. But now what do I do with that? And it's okay, I think, to move on from there and, and never really look back. I have the attitude that I want to do something more than that and help expose, if you will, the lies and the fraud and the prickness <laughs> of the leadership of the church. The, <laughs> the church has actually been fairly, very maybe, uh, successful in creating this situation where damned if you do, damned if right. you don't, going back to the what we call the double blind, yeah. you're only given two options. They're both pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when, when you're in, and again, it does depend on the length of time and how far uh, you're invested in it, it's, it's very difficult to leave. So we empathize with you uh, wherever you may be in that journey. Um, I, I would assume there's some of you maybe just starting to question things and you might assume that, you know, Michael and I would say, well, you just listen to our podcast and it should make it easy for no. you. No, it's, it's your personal yeah. journey. And, and, and uh, I would just say, allow yourself to pursue it, whatever the outcome is. Yeah. Pursue the journey. Yeah, take the journey. Don't doubt your doubts. Trust your doubts. You're doubting for a reason. And yeah. take that journey. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that wraps up Kicking Against the Pricks for now. I guess we better stop the podcast. Yeah, I got blood all over my <laughs> heels and toes. Damn, it hurts. Damn, it hurts. It was We're worth still going to kick against the pricks as, as if that's a revelation yeah. to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> sorry thanks guys i love you guys likewise take care <laughs>